opportunity to chat with Emily Davis of Emily Davis and the Murder Police over Zoom video. Emily talked to us about being born and raised in El Paso, Texas, and how she got into music. She came from a musical family, and her parents have always supported her uh, musically. She learned guitar at around 14 years old, and that's when she started writing songs. From there, she would perform at local coffee shops and local venues. She has a story about playing a bar when she was about 15 years old and her mom texting her from the parking lot, <laughs> asking her when she's going to be finished. Around the same time, she was throwing up a bunch of punk covers on YouTube, 2008-ish. So she was getting some traction from some of those covers. Her favorite band of all time, and you'll notice that from her YouTube, is Bad Religion. She has a bunch of rad covers of Bad Religion up on her YouTube. But she tells us about this really special opportunity she had to get up on stage with Bad Religion and sing a verse of one of the songs with them. And how in 2019, her band, Emily Davis and the Murder Police, were actually able to tour with Bad Religion. They played 16 dates with Bad Religion. And she talks about calling up her other bandmates and them really celebrating together on the phone. And she tells us how that relationship formed with Bad Religion and having that opportunity. She talks to us about her three solo records, the first Emily Davis and the Murder Police record, Same Old World, and their brand new album, Never a Moment Alone. You can watch the interview with Emily Davis on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We love it if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Emily Davis. Um, this podcast is about you and your journey in music, and we'll talk about the uh, new record that you have coming out. What is it on Friday? Yeah, it's on Friday. Very cool. Awesome. So uh, first off, I did read the band is from from El Paso. Is that correct, Texas? Well, yeah, El Paso, are you, Texas. Are you originally born and raised there? All of us are. All oh, four wow. of us were born and raised here. Yeah. Very cool. Talk to me about that a little bit. Sure. Um, I've been playing music in El Paso. I'm 31. I've been playing music in El Paso for the last 15 years. Um, you know, we're a, we're a large city, but our, our, our music scene is very tightly knit, I think. And so um, it's, it, it, it's a real nice way to build a community and it's not overwhelming, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. everyone kind of knows each other and supports each other. And um, it's a, it's a great scene to be a part of. Um, I've been all over the country and I've played in other scenes, but I'm partial to ours for those reasons, I guess. That's cool. That's cool. How did you get into music? Well, my dad is a, a musical person. He's always um, been good at singing. Um, I come from a very musical family. Uh, okay. And just as far as um, liking to sing and perform and we're all a bunch of hands. So um, I guess I get it from, from him. He put me in music classes when I was young. Um, I think from a young age, they could tell I was decent at singing. And so they put me in like a children's choir and I've, I've fiddled around with various instruments. And so I think it was just a natural byproduct of my family. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, do, do your family play any instruments as well or no? Just singing. Um, my dad dabbled in guitar. Um, it, it was never like, you know, um, a massive passion of his, but enough that he could sing some songs on it. So that's cool I get that from him too. Right on is what was the first century you learned? Was it guitar? No, uh, I tried piano. I was uh, no offense, piano players, but I was bored. 
<laughs> it wasn't really that wasn't really rocking enough for me, although I'm sure there's a lot of pianists who rock just fine, but my fingers are too stubby anyway, so it didn't really gravitate towards it. Uh, tried clarinet, Clyde tried tried drums. I liked drums. That was cool, but settled on guitar. Very cool. And when did you learn guitar? I think I was like 14. Um, I had been playing drums and I, I've always liked to write poetry and sing. And so I was at the place where I didn't want to be Phil Collins. I wanted to be able to play like something besides drums and, and stand in the front and sing with it. So I figured guitar might be good enough. I, I'm pretty good rhythmically. And so rhythm guitar was something that kind of because of my, my background in drums, it was something that wasn't too difficult for me to learn. Okay, that's awesome. And did you start writing right away? I mean, you said you had poems together. Were you writing songs pretty quickly? Yeah, I, I think, you know, looking back, I mean, I, I would always make up songs and sing them. I think the first time I actually wrote down words and tried to sing along with them, I was probably like 10 or 11. Wow. Um, uh, but it was never anything like I practiced or worked hard at it. And I think by the time I was 14, I knew that it was something I could do. I just needed the right instrument to do it with. And so the minute I learned three chords, it was, it was, you know, from there, I started doing it more. Very cool. What, did you start a band right away or just kind of play by yourself? Like when did you start really performing in front of people? Um, honestly, uh, I, I, maybe a year later, I started playing shows once I had, you know, a, a number of covers learned and a, a couple of songs of my own. I didn't form a band for many years after I've spent a number of years as a solo artist. And so um, the, the band thing came in, in, well into my adulthood, but it, it, in high school, sophomore year, I was already playing shows and stuff. Wow. Where were you playing? Like coffee shops or were you playing like venues? Was, I mean, mostly coffee shops, some venues. Uh, every now and then I'd beg my mom to let me play at a bar <laughs> if, they had, <laughs> if they had invited me. And so there was a couple of times where uh, 15, 16 year old me, I'd go inside and she'd be waiting in the car and texting me. When are you done? When are you done? It's 11. Oh, that's, when that's are you funny. done? <laughs> <laughs> mom, you can come inside. It's fine. You're, you, you are of age. And she's right. no, I'm in my car. Let me know when you're done. <laughs> Oh, she never came in. Interesting. No, it's funny. There was this. There was this bar back then called the House of Rock and Roll. Um, that I played a couple shows at, and I had to tell them the full name because the nickname of the bar was the Whore Bar. Oh. <laughs> if I had told them I'm playing at the Whore Bar, she would have been like, "No, you're not." <laughs> uh, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> How did you get that? So reputation? I had to use the whole. <laughs> uh, just because House of Rock and Roll, just whore. Oh, got so, you. That's so awesome. I always had to use the full name instead of what it was colloquially referred to as. <laughs> Got you right on. Um, and what covers were you doing? Cause I noticed on, I was watching your videos on your uh, YouTube uh, page. You have, yeah. a lot, you have a lot of uh, bad religion covers, which is rad. And yeah. Mainly yeah. punk rock covers. Is that what you were mm -hmm. doing as a, as a 14 year old, 15 year old? Yeah. The first show I ever played, I covered sorrow by bad religion. Um, wow. Yeah, so they've, they've been a part of my musical life for as long as I've been doing it. Um, I think I covered, uh, I was, I'm a millennial. I was there amidst the rise of emo. So I did, like, I think probably a dashboard confessional cover. Yeah, um, I might have done, I might have done Death Cab, something like that. 
Very cool. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm a huge emo kid uh, as well. I'm a little bit older than you, That's but so I grew up in the same era. Am I wearing a cursive shirt because I'm emo yeah. like that? Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my favorite music, or was at least growing yeah. up as well. Um, but yeah, I was watching. You have a bunch of uh, Bad Religion covers. Some of them, I love your Disconnected cover. Um, Thank you. Yeah, and you have a, like just looking at the the bands that you covered. I'm like, oh, I like I like all these bands growing up. You know your name and Melancholin and some of those other bands. Oh yeah. Uh, I did watch a video of you with Greg Graffin and it's like a quick little thing and he, he's talking about like seeing you on stage or something about you rapping on stage and then he he says something about like your acoustic covers and you're like so shook you're like i've seen you've seen my covers and he's like yeah i've seen a couple of them uh tell yeah. me about that moment that must have been crazy that was that was that video is 11 years old so wow yeah um so i went and i saw them at the warp tour uh, Jay Bentley, their bassist, has always just been so good to me and just really extended himself as a friend, even back wow. then. So we, me and my ex, we went to see them at the Warp Tour and um, he invited us on stage to watch from behind the stage. And so they have a song called Let Them Eat War, which is on their album Empire Strikes First. Um, and in it, uh, there's a, a rap artist named Sage Francis, who on the album does a like a, a piece. Mm -hmm. And so... Sometimes when Jay can get away with it, he'll have somebody else do it when they're playing it live. So <laughs> he asked me right before uh, they did it if I wanted to. And so I said yes. And so that was the first time I ever did it. And so um, afterwards, I guess we briefly were, were, were talking to Graffin and my ex was filming all of this. And he had mentioned in the video um, that I had done the, the, that part of Let Them Eat War. And that's where he was talking about a career in rap music, I think, yeah. facetiously. But that's what he was referring to was earlier in the evening when I did when I did that piece of the song. Um, it, awesome. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I don't know if Jay told him or if he actually had at that point. And now I know for sure he has, but I don't know if at that point he really had or not seen um, my covers. But to hear that from your idol was, as a 19-year-old, you know. Yeah, huge. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Sure. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I just saw that. I was like, and I was watching a couple of your videos. You had like a Bad Religion poster in the background. So I can only imagine how huge that <laughs> would be. Massive, massive, yeah. yeah. That's so They're cool. my favorite band, so. That's amazing. Well, um, okay, so when you're doing this, uh, those punk covers growing up, when did, like, did, were your, like, how did, what was kind of next for you? Was it just playing different shows and kind of going from there? I did see you've toured with a bunch of bands, opened up for a bunch of bands. When did that yeah. all kind of start? Um, well, I mean, I started doing punk covers on YouTube in 2008, okay. um, mostly again, bad religion. Um, but I, I branched out eventually and, and people caught on to them and started liking them. And I had taken a step away from music for a few years. I was going through some mental stuff and it just wasn't really resonating with me for a time. But once I started getting views on YouTube for these covers, I knew like, while I loved doing them, making my own music. Music was by far more important to me and it curated me to, to start pursuing it again. Um, and so I came out with an album like a year later and followed that up with another album and um, just started, you know, trying to tour and, and um, get my own music out there and get it heard as well. So that's kind of where it came from. And then, um, like I said, Battle Religion has always been very supportive. I've, they came to El Paso in 2015 and I opened up for them. Um, my wow. band, Emily Davis and the Murder Police, we actually went on tour with them last year. We played 16 shows. Not last year. I wish. 
2019. <laughs> last year sucked. Let's not talk about that. Yeah, right. The last year that people were actually doing stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I, 2021 and 2020 just kind of feel like one year that's not ending. Yeah. But yeah, 2019, we 2019 we toured with them. So um, wow. yeah, we played with we played with a number a number of other bands that have come through. So that's it's amazing. Very fortunate. Very yeah. cool. When you put out your first uh, record solo record, did you did you tour on that album as well? I mean, I did. I was 20 um, and I, I haphazardly set up my own several week tour and it was my first tour ever. And there was a couple shows that were cool. Most of them were not. But, you know, it's a learning, a learning lesson or lesson in learning or whatever the phrase is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Very cool. Um, was it, How is it touring? Were you just by yourself? I mean, I'm sure you brought somebody with you, but. It must yeah, be my, fairly easy to like cruise around in like a car and just kind of drive to show yeah. to show. That I mean, back then it was um, a lot easier. Yeah, I did. I had brought one person with me and we went on tour, two tours, one in 2010 and one in 2011. And it was just a car and a little bit of merch. And um, I mean, planning a tour is still intense and um, stressful, but actually going on tour and it being a lot more simple back then. Yeah. I mean, it's, I enjoy it a lot more now because I have my best friends with me, but um, mm -hmm. it was simple in yeah. comparison. You've put out what, three records, solo records? Yeah, I put out three solo records and then we're about to release our second album together as a band. Very cool. When was it, uh, like, when did you decide to branch out and, and have like, act, have an actual band? That was around 2015. Um, okay. I released my, my third album and so I, started, I began running songs in a way that um, I wanted them to be more complex and I wanted more input. Um, and I think, I think it's important for artists to evolve. And I think that was just a necessary step in my own creative evolution was to bring other people on board and to have uh, contributors. And uh, each album I've released, it's, they've grown more and more um, maybe heavy or punk leaning. My first album's very folky and, mm -hmm you know, as, as they progress, they get a little heavier and a little more intense. And so it's, you know, I can, you can do that by yourself, but it's, it's nice to have people collaborating with you and, and kind of bringing, bringing those songs to life a bit more. And so that's uh, something that I did towards the end of 2015 was form a band. Was there like a moment that you, was there a song or something or just a moment that you decided, Hey, I should probably find some other people and, and pursue this as more of a band project or did it just kind of happen? I had always resisted it because I'd had so many people over the years say, you should be in a band. Why don't you have a band? Why are you performing by yourself? And it was, I almost took offense to it. Like I, I can do this by myself. I don't need people to, mm -hmm. what are you trying to say? Am I not good enough? <laughs> and, and so I was always very resistant to it, but I have a, a good friend of mine and a close musical mentor who suggested it. And he said, you know, if you really want these songs to come to life in a way that um, you can't bring them to life on your own, maybe you should consider getting a band. And he kind of left it up to me what that band would be. It could be, um, you know, you just marketing yourself and having people kind of playing along or you can do whatever, you know, just just figure it out. You can you can make it what you want, but but you should just consider exploring it. And, and my my opinion in that regard is I never wanted a backing band. Um, mm -hmm. Very self-deferential. And that's one thing. But it's also like if I'm going to if I'm going to form a band, I don't want to be like, I'm the main thing and you're over there and you're kind of just in the background. I wanted to form a band and say, we all have agency. We all have input and we are all involved in it. And so if I'm going to, if I'm going to 
if I'm going to pursue this, I want to pursue it with collaborators. And I mean, mm-hmm. I know our, our name is Emily Davis and the murder police. That's the only reason we did that is because I had a name prior to being sure. in a band. So it was a nice way for people to know, you know, who, who was involved. But um, my intention was, had always been find people who would have their own agency and have it become a collaborative effort and not just people standing behind you playing what you tell them to. I have no interest in sure. that. When you started the band, uh, like that first record that you guys put out, was that the first time you had written like a collaborative a song? Yeah. Or like, what was that like? It's, uh, it was a little daunting. I can imagine. Because I don't, I don't plan for so rest so it was going to be where, you know, when I, when I would write a song, it was just mostly focused on what I wanted to do. Um, and where I wanted to go. And when you're, when you're planning for uh, other people and their involvement, you kind of have to take that into account. And so it was kind of nice because it makes you think about songwriting in a completely different way that I hadn't really ever thought about before. Uh, of course, they all contribute to their own ideas. I'll come up with a skeleton and they'll all kind of just throw in their ideas and their commentary, but it definitely did change things up as far as how to structure a song and what to expect out of that song. Mm-hmm. Was it different hearing it like as a full band? Like, have oh, you yeah. ever played it was, with the full like like full band like that before? I had I I mean I I I formed a band in 2012 briefly after my second album, which is another reason why I was so hesitant because it 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 was fine. We sounded great, um, but it kind of I was with a bunch of professional musicians that were used to you know they weren't used to the struggle, <laughs> for lack of a better word. They were out playing covers and gigs and you know making five hundred dollars playing basically cover gigs and other things, and they weren't used to like the kind of dynamic I was in, which is we're gonna the struggle is real. We're going to work really hard and, you know, mm-hmm. at the, at our own expense and our own, you know, whatever. So it, that, that kind of, I think the expectations there were a little weird. So going into this, I was very hesitant because it was, it was a sad experience to form something and then to lose it. And so, mm-hmm. um, but I had, I had had a band before, um, but to hear, but this, this version of it was a lot heavier and a lot more energetic and punk leaning, which I wanted. So it was cool. It was very mm-hmm. cool. And when you guys, you know, finally put the record out, the first record, did you tour on that album like as a band? And what was that like? How much different was that? That was great. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, you know, when you're, when you're, it was very high zone. Um, so, but the, the environment's completely different. You know, I, I've always been loud and brash on stage. So that's always been something I've tried to do with my music. Um, but it's, it's, the dynamic is still different when you're, when you're there by yourself with an acoustic guitar versus when, people are roaring behind you on electric and bass and drums. It's, you know, it's definitely a different feeling. And it was exciting. It was fun being able to share that um, passion and that enthusiasm with people who I consider my second family. Mm-hmm. So, I was wondering what would you say like the big milestone or the takeaway from that first record together was? Um, I know this is going to sound cheesy, but it's just like uh, collaborating on something and releasing it and hearing it. Um, in, in, in a way that you've never done anything before. It's, it's very different building on something by yourself mm-hmm. and then putting your hopes and dreams and effort and energies into something with other people and then seeing it come to fruition and sharing that um, accomplishment for me. Also, um, you know, I, I defer to this a lot, but Jay Bentley heard the album from Bad Religion and he said he loved it. I mean, enough that he asked us to tour with them. So to have your idols here, the songs you write and to strongly react to them favorably. Um, and then to just be able to, I mean, hearing people even, you know, respond to us saying this song or that song really resonated with me. Um, those are all rewarding aspects. So. 
when you got that call, tell me about getting that call saying, hey, you guys are going to tour with Bad Religion. Sure. Um, <laughs> actually, me and George, our guitarist, we went to see Bad Religion in Camp Anarchy in Ohio in um, June of 2019. Uh -huh. um, and Jay uh, had us backstage and was hanging out with us. And then, of course, they went and performed. And towards the end of the evening, you know, me and George are hanging around and we see him and he's he's on his way to his trailer. So it was a very quick interaction. And he just comes up to us and he says, what are you guys doing this fall? And we were like, uh, hopefully touring. We're not sure. We have a little tour planned. And he's like, OK, because we're we're doing like a South tour. Um, we thought we'd ask you on. Are you are you going to be busy? Are you? And I, I didn't even ask George or call anybody else. I was like, yes, let me know. We'll figure it out. All right. And so we're both, you know, just standing there kind of like, yeah, we'll do it. Great. And he's like, all right, I'm going to go. And then he just goes and we don't see him again. And of course, me and George are just looking at each other like. Ah! And then right. we, call, we call our other two bandmates who I think we're at a barbecue or something. And we're like, hey, guess I, I call Hosanna. Like, guess what happened? And he's like, what? I'm like, what do you what is the coolest thing that you think could happen from us going to see Bad Religion Ohio? And he's like, did they ask you if we could tour with them? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, so the four of us just like, ah. So it's one of my it's one of my favorite memories ever. I mean, almost as much as actually touring with them is just that memory of calling them and us all freaking out just for an extended amount of time. Yeah, it's, that's so special. Yeah. When he walked away, was it like, how do I get in contact with them? Like, or did they, were they very like, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I, I have his info, so it was pretty oh, easy. That's to, good. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine being like, uh oh, now how do we like make sure that this is all going to happen? Like, is it really going to happen? Well, it was hard because we couldn't tell anybody about it for like two months, you know? Oh, because they didn't so, announce the tour yet. So we had to just go home and be like, <laughs> everything's normal oh man <laughs> it's really hard yeah i can imagine yeah oh, so you said that tour was in 2019 when did that when did it wrap up and like where were you guys at when like pre-coronavirus like uh well it wrapped up we we were on the road like september october um okay. we came home we were told like you should just like make music immediately you know whatever you have record it release it that's the new paradigm as far as music making is concerned which is hard for me because i love albums um but we had about five songs ready and so we went home uh we did a kickstarter for no we didn't we did that this year sorry we went home <laughs> we had some money saved up already so we went home we recorded the five songs we had and the idea was we're just going to release these as an ep and then we'll go on the road for as much of 2020 as we can um but that didn't happen, obviously. Um, so the new idea became, well, we want to be able to try and stay relevant throughout the year. So maybe we just release a song every four or five weeks. So that's a, that's what we ended up doing from like April until October. We just put out one of the songs and tried to promote it as best as we could. Um, and, and during that time, we wrote another seven songs, um, did a Kickstarter for them and then recorded them in January. And now we're just kind of pushing them all together. I get my way. We can call it an album. So <laughs> we do both things. We try to record and get them out as soon as possible, but I still get to yeah. make the album because I'm old school like that. So sure. I love that. Was it difficult? I mean, I'm sure that must have been heartbreaking knowing that like you just got off the store with Bad Religion. I'm sure there's a lot yeah. of eyes on you at that point. Like, yeah, and... it was it's like the worst time it could have happened. But you got to you can't like let it eat at you. You got to I mean, my, my mindset is we're a good enough band that that happened for us once. 
And sure. we're an even we're an even better band now. I think every, I mean I look at the, the difference between our first and second albums. I, I learn I, I look how much we've gone through, how much we've had to work, how hard it's been, and, and and how much we've improved in that time. And so, if we were good enough to tour with Bad Religion in 2019, we're good enough for other opportunities in 2021. I have no doubt of that. And so, it was really hard. We were supposed to go on tour with Sparta. Um, wow, that's yeah. Strange. It got it got canceled. But my hope is that you know, and I've been told as much that there are future opportunities there. Um, Amazing. Were you at the driving fan prior yeah, to Sparta? Okay. A little bit. I think I'm, I gravitate more towards Sparta, but I like, I like at the driving also. That's cool. They're from wow, El Paso. So. Oh yeah, they are, huh? They're using their record called El Paso. Uh, what's oh, um, Hell pa- uh, no, Hell Paso. They had a song called Hell Paso. Maybe. I think. I'm confused. <laughs> Jim, Jim Ward still lives here. And Does so, he really? That's amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, well, so the records coming out on Friday, like, tell me about the, the songs. Like, was it difficult to write over the, you know, course of COVID? Uh, I don't think so. It's, it's difficult because, you know, I, I need, I need a lot of stimulation <laughs> and when you don't have that, um, it's easy to get depressed, but, um, I'm fortunate that my guitarist was around a lot and we, we both set little goals and some of those goals were, you know, being productive musically speaking. And so, um, you know, songs get more fleshed out when we, we were in quarantine together. Um, and so we were able to flesh out the songs enough that once we were able to meet as a full band and kind of work through them, it was it wasn't as hard. Um, oh, and we, okay. we were able to figure them out pretty quickly as a as a foursome. And so, um, yeah, it's called Never Moment Alone. It's out on Friday um, everywhere. We have two songs that we've already released um there's a music video for one of them it's called why weren't they stunned it's on youtube you can stream it everywhere so we're excited oh, I, about it. I, I did watch the video that's a, that's a cool video that you guys put together thanks yeah that's actually yeah. We, we recorded it we filmed it at the place we recorded the album which is a studio in el paso called brainville so really yeah what was that like was it difficult to shoot dirt or when when did you film the video we filmed it in april at the very very end of april so at that point everyone had been vaccinated and you know it wasn't it wasn't hard at all that's good that's really good awesome well what are you most excited about for the record coming out on friday um what happens next i'm excited that you know i get to i'm excited to start working on the next one (laughs) so it's nice to to get it out and, and and be able to clear the slate but i'm also excited to see what it does and what opportunities it might hopefully lead to because I think it's a great album. So, yeah. And with stuff opening up, are you guys doing like an album release show or, mm-hmm. or anything like that? We are. Yeah. Locally. So, That's and cool. then we have a couple shows planned for Albuquerque and Santa Fe in July. So have you played yet since uh, this all has, Oh, really? So is this going to be your first show? We haven't played a show since January of 2020. Wow. We opened up for Juliana Hatfield in Dallas and Austin, and that's the last show we played. So, wow. So, this you guys, I'm sure, are itching to play. Oh my God. <laughs> and it's going to be huge. I'm sure it'll be an emotional night, especially for a record release and oh, yeah. the first show you've played. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Have a bunch of friends show up and support us, which they're always amazing. So, nervous at all? Yeah, I think I'm nervous just because it's been so long that I it's it's important for me that we do a good job, but I know we will. So um, it's a nervous excitement, I think, more than anything. I think people are going to freak out, especially people that haven't been to a show in a year and a half. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> and we're playing with some good local bands, so that helps. Yeah. Very cool. Well, that's that's amazing. Well, good luck, and 
I can't wait to hear the rest of the record. And thank, thank you, you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I do have one more question before I let you go. If you have okay. any advice for aspiring artists. Hmm. Don't stop because <laughs> it is so easy to get downtrodden and to want to give up. Um, especially like if, if the years go by and you're, you know, I'm 31 and uh, it's easy to go, well, it's never going to happen or, well, I'm going to have to have a fallback, you know, don't ever stop. There's no reason to. Um, the longer you do it, the better you get, the more chances you have. So it's music has saved my life um, mentally. It is um, the reason I exist and continue to exist. And so for that reason alone, I continue doing it. So I encourage anybody to never give it up. Just keep doing it.